0: Why is it important to secure your future self based on the mistakes and learnings made by your current self? Today's guest talks about future-proofing your creative ideas and the critical importance of setting your own pace. Welcome to another episode of A Sound Approach, conversations about finding balance within the creative process. In this series, I'm going to be chatting with some of the most creative, original and prolific innovators and artists that I know about how they get out of their own way and get on the path towards a stable and dependable creative habit. It's my hope that from some of these conversations, when we cover ground like procrastination, crippling self-doubt, debilitating perfectionism, that there might be a few takeaways that'll help see your creative ideas to the finish line. Misha Ghosh is a film director, producer, and visionary. She's based in Mumbai and has worked with visual media for over a decade. Her work spans the spectrum from advertising to music videos. And I'm extremely grateful to have had an opportunity to chat with her about her creative process, all of the creative hurdles that she's faced over the course of her career. I found her words not only insightful but even enlightening and I hope that you will take away some of these uh, pieces and nuggets from this conversation to go apply to some of your creative projects. So the first piece from this conversation is about converting your stress into prep. If you're a perfectionist, or if you encounter any shape of performance anxiety, especially right before a deadline or a gig, Misha shines a little bit of light on how a diligent prep routine can remedy your angst.
1: I think over time, you basically get used to feeling stressed out about everything so like you said when things are going well you're stressing when things are bad you're stressing when nothing is happening you're stressing when too much is happening you're stressing so uh, then you realize that it's about you and your personality and not so much what you're doing and i think uh, it really helped me um, when i came to terms with the fact that okay misha this is who you are Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: will stress out now how can you take the stress and make it into something positive you know and then what I normally do when I'm stressed out is I just basically start prepping Mm -hmm. you know because I know I'm nervous about something I might be nervous because I haven't thought of everything or I might be nervous because I'm worried about what someone will think when they see something I've made or I might be nervous because uh, you know I feel like everything will go to shit Uh, You know, on shoot or like, you know, because I mean, that's how the nature of our jobs are. Right. Um, So I think what I and this has happened only over time. Right. Uh, you know, it's taken me a while to get here. But now I realize that there are some things which are in my control and there are other things which are not. So whether, right. you know, if I get to shoot tomorrow and like, uh, you know... It uh, rains. It rains yeah. Or like a truck, you know, has an accident on the road right. and my equipment doesn't reach, you know. Or like, you know, my actor is throwing a fit because he doesn't like the color of his jacket. Yeah, There's nothing I can do about those things, yeah. you know. So yeah. when I'm in that situation, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, this is...
0: Happening, this right. Is happening, and
1: you know, like, and what really helps me when these things happen is I'm like, Misha, think about this in terms of how will you look at this. A month later, future, right. you know, and if you can look back at the situation and laugh, right. then the situation actually is fine right. because it's still giving you something to enjoy in the future. Right totally. now, you're like fully screwed, yeah. but uh, yeah. you know, in the future, you're gonna look back and say, "Haha, you know, remember that time when you know I was fucked. I was fucked, and oh, it was so yeah. funny, yeah. you know." And then, yeah. because I think of my future self, I actually start laughing then, yeah. you know, and then like on like when, in the moment yeah too. in the moment most stressful shoot i'm just like actually just laughing and having a good time you know amazing and i started doing that and it actually makes it a lot better because right. then you are just actually looking at the ridiculousness of the situation and knowing that you there's nothing you can do about it right
0: uh, so you basically fast forwarded yeah fast and just forward, like
1: looked at it looked at it in the past and, and said come back. okay that's fine right. you know and the other thing that also helps me a lot is i think about the fact that again fast forward and think that Today I'm
0: here.
1: Uh-huh. You're good. Uh, today I'm here, and it's everything is shit. But um, a week later, it'll be over. Right. You so know. Again, I'm that's like putting yourself in the <laughs> future mind. Always, Because the thing is, yeah. time is so like limited. Weird. Everything passes. Yeah, true. You know, yeah. and then to understand that it's going to be done and then you're going to wake up one morning and it'll be behind you yeah. and you'll be feeling so happy and relaxed because right. it's over, right. you know, and right. just focus on that feeling right now. You know, <laughs> right now when you haven't slept for 22 hours and you know, you're basically peeing outside <laughs> the set because there's no toilet. Oh, Jesus. You know, then you're like, yeah. okay, think about like a week into right. the future. So right. that is what I normally do. Right. And the other thing which I do have control over which is pre-stress so before, you know, I'm... Pre-stress. Pre-stress Stages is basically... Stress. is Yeah, oh. the stress before I actually am... Um, you know, like for you, for example, before you go on stage, right? right? So for me, the pre-stress... Stress, pre-stress. pre-stress. <laughs> pre-stress. <laughs> the high pre-stress. Yeah, the high pre-stress stage uh, works uh, basically by just really prepping. Like, right. I try and get myself as organized as... Do you, do you as think
0: the, the, the pre-stress, does that also... Uh, encompass the stress about the stress you're gonna feel yeah Mm. everything like the sometimes you
1: think of a situation and and you're stressed out by yourself in that situation you know so like if for me it is like going and making a presentation i'm really nervous about speaking in in front of people, people like sure. it really makes me feel uncomfortable sure. and I know over time lots of people have asked me to uh, you know go and do I'll a do workshop a yeah. or do a talk and right. I've always said no because mm. like I've said yes because I'm like Misha you need to get over it right. but then like two days before it it makes me so nervous and it makes me so uncomfortable I'm like why am I putting myself through this right. you know right. I don't need to do the talk right. like it's fine Right. So, and I usually always, like so yeah. I've now uh, like nobody asks me anymore I think they realize that this <laughs> girl doesn't want to talk. you know and so, uh, yeah um, so so yeah. um, um, yeah, so I think just the thought of being on that stage and speaking to people is what basically stresses me out. Right. And then uh, there's nothing like I can do about it. So then I'm just like, okay, if right. n- then avoid it. Basically, then, right. that is the other
0: way to... Um, I guess it's uh, there's also this balance between like, I should challenge myself yeah. to do this thing, which is like supposedly good for me Correct. versus yeah. why am I putting myself through hell to like some box which may not even necessarily internally be the thing that I want to want to do yeah yeah. so I think for me
1: uh, what I basically then try and categorize it as is that if this makes me nervous Uh and I don't want to do it but it's something that is really part of what I feel is my growth Uh Uh, so again if it meant like if I had to for example uh, shoot or very say something that was emotional and I'm right. not like, you know, I don't think that emotion is my thing, you know, like okay. I think that I might be better at more quirk or, right. more, you know, whimsy right. you know, but emotion is not my thing uh-huh. uh, and it might make me nervous uh-huh. but I would still try and do it because I know that it might not be my thing but it's something that I should learn, right. you know uh, Right, so when the yeah.
0: domain is appropriate where it's like work or the expansion of like a new kind of area Which that has to do with how
1: where I see myself you know but if it's like for example public speaking I personally don't Don't think right you know that I mean I know it would help you know getting there then you'd get more people uh, you know uh, knowing who you are but like for me I prefer if people know who I am because of the work I do as opposed to the fact that I'm a good orator which I'm not so it's okay like you know it's
0: okay I think that is really balanced The first thing that Misha spoke about was the importance of broadening your focus and setting your own pace. I could relate to both of these things really closely because I, for a long time, did see myself as someone who made music in a way that music making totally encompassed the entirety of my identity. Uh, Misha talks about how diversifying that aspect of our creative work can be helpful. And with regards to setting your own pace, she talks a little bit about the inevitable comparison that is impossible to avoid when you are faced with the clutter of the internet and the amount of content that is being generated on a regular basis. It seems like an insurmountable task to stay relevant. Not keeping an eye on people who are moving at a faster pace than you is difficult. So she talks about how to set up a different kind of... Attitude where you're not in a competitive headspace and why that is enabling.
1: There is one thing about a narrow focus, but I also think there is something about also figuring other things that can give you joy, you know? And I really do believe in that. Like, I mean, I know that there are people who basically are like, I'm a filmmaker and this is my uh, entire, uh, who I want to be, or I'm a musician and that consumes me. But for me, I personally feel like I want to be a filmmaker but I also want to be a tennis player and I want to be able to you know Be a friend, have I a social be, yeah, life Yeah, exactly Paint
0: on the weekends Exactly, cook, my point like, yeah, And the thing the, is that
1: the also the other sort of uh, realization that happened maybe like uh, maybe just a few years back was you always feel like you're racing against a ticking clock that's it, time's up, time's up, you know, like, what have you done, you're you're 35, what have you achieved, you're 38, what have you achieved, you know, so there's this constant clock that you're basically running against, against. and that itself makes you feel really actually depressed, because you are never, I mean, at least with me, I have never matched up to the you cannot, you know, and they're always, now the thing is, there will be people who will be running much faster than you, there'll be people who will be running much slower than you, but if you look, there'll always someone ahead of you, so, and what is the point of that right and I think what basically gave me a little bit of like calmed me down a bit was just the understanding that no there is like of course there is a clock we're all going to die but until then we're not there are filmmakers who are making films at 70 there are people who are leaving their jobs at 70 and then taking up a completely different profession so I could become like a wildlife photographer at 70 and I would love that just as much so like, I don't. There's I don't no design. Person, yeah. You just
0: get to decide.
1: Uh, you and I, it, there's not like a set goal that, oh, I have to reach here and that then it's done. Because I also find that a little deliberating that the fact that you've told yourself, I have to make a film right. by this age. Right. You make the film,
0: then what? Right. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> then. The second thing Misha talks about really got me thinking about external validation and how even just the phrase is super loaded and as artists and creators, you're regularly reminded to not fall into the trap of making stuff just to tick the box of your external validation. And although that's really not a good motivator uh, with regards to sharing your work with the world, uh, she shines a little bit of light as to how you can use that to potentially rewrite your habit of second guessing yourself so the benefit really in external validation because everybody is looking for some of it outside of themselves
1: thing is when you put something out there and you're not sure of it but then it actually gets appreciated by people then it automatically makes you think that okay fine you know yeah, maybe it's not so bad or maybe like it's not my best, but you know, it w- worked for some people. And then I then I decide to go a little easier on myself, you know, which uh, might not be a bad thing always. And the thing is like, I mean, I think with any experience, if you look at it as a learning experience and there will be shit in it, but then you can always learn from that shit, right? And you can always like equip yourself better for the next time you have to deal with the same shit. Hmm. Like you do second guess yourself, but then when you get that external validation, uh, it makes it... Uh, it makes it easier for you to try again. And the thing is also, I mean, I also have that realization that we do live in a country where, uh, you know, the sort of content that we've grown up watching or the sort of content at least our sort of... Um,
0: social economic yeah. section of society yeah. has uh, Been grown up watching
1: has not been happening that much in our country, right? It's like a we, we live in a country that is producing content that looks really different from what we...
0: Oh, yeah, we're so
1: split between these two cultures. So, so split. And the thing is now basically because, you know, you are also doing something that resonates with who you are and because there are more people like you in this uh, country, so then it obviously resonates with them as well. Uh, so then you get that little bit of appreciation and even if it is like I've realized that, like, you know, even like with arts that are like, okay or like you know that uh, somebody's trying something and it might not be like earth shattering and it's not like a Michelle Gondry or a you know it's like someone who's trying something just to yeah, share, to share, to connect, to, to, share, say, to, connect, something. to say something, yeah. and that is encouraged. And that I think we're lucky to be in an ecosystem that does encourage it. Absolutely. You know, uh, and then thereby that person who's been encouraged for something simple that they did will try something a little bigger. You know, and each time when they try something bigger, then finally they you know do something great. And that's how you
0: know that chain is formed. Formed. Yeah.
1: Uh, our chain has started very late, which is why we're also in this like kind of stunted form of you know i mean creativity. India, in yeah, india in general yeah. right
0: yeah.
1: i mean yeah
0: we're not i guess this, the same could even be said about uh, like in a in a gendered sense our hmm. chain has started yeah. late much late comparison. yeah yeah women
1: though yeah. 100% so yeah. we are basically indian and yeah. women yeah. so we're very All late in the game which is why we cannot run with any clock yeah. <laughs> we have to do it at our own, own pace, pace.
0: Yeah. so important yeah mm-hmm. The next thing Misha talks about is how to look at a situation when your work doesn't rise above the clutter of the internet. I've known this to be the case for uh, when you're working with a new medium or for someone who is starting out in a newish kind of terrain and you don't have a bunch of content for your portfolio just yet or you don't have a bunch of releases under your belt and so it can sometimes feel like you share your work and it kind of melts into the black abyss so there's still an opportunity to be seen in a situation like that there are a lot of things that I've made, which
1: basically, uh, you know, have come out and then like, nobody has noticed it. And it's just like gone into like an oblivion. And I basically spent a lot of time working on it. And I thought like, Oh, I'm, you know, pouring my brain and my heart into it. And then like, poof, it's disappeared. Like no one even know, like said anything to me about it. And then I mean, like the question then, and it's also a good question to ask yourself is that, okay, so this is something I did. And it meant something to me, but it Didn't clearly mean anything to anybody else. Mm. Uh, Then it makes you question question the validity. Yeah, not just validity, but also then it makes you look at it in a more sort of you scrutinize it and you say, okay, what didn't work about this? And what could I have done differently? You know, that would possibly have made it work again at that point of time you feel sorry for yourself and you're just like you know I'm such a loser but like afterwards and then actually also the thing is like it's great time is a great thing you know because over time you'll get over everything and you'll do a lot more stuff
0: the next thing Misha talks about is personally my biggest takeaway from this conversation. I found it extremely illuminating and uh, have since having this conversation I have returned to that point of view quite a few times. This is, what are the two biggest problems that will kill your creativity? If you're anything like me, and at some point or the other in the course of your uh, artistic career or your entrepreneurial run, at some point of time, you've thought this thought, which is, I'm done, let me throw in the towel because something about this is not working, then you really need to hear this.
1: I think the problem that happens to a lot of creatives and this is like creatives in all fields and um, so there are two problems and I think that that's something that we all have to really fight uh, uh, against and keep trying to you know Mm -hmm. push for it is one problem is uh, Number one is when you get into that place where you feel like it's all over, you know, and because of which you make it end. You know, where you say that, oh, now nobody cares. I'm done. I'm, I'm out. done, I'm out. I'm done, I'm out. This exactly. Idea. I will exit from, will exit from because here because it's not, okay. it's not working yeah. for me. Yeah. Then you're giving up on something that you wanted to do. Yeah. And you're giving up because you did not get appreciated for it. It's not because you didn't like what you did. So, I mean, I think if you keep pushing yourself and doing it in whatever way or form like you don't have to create a magnum opus every right. time right you can right. do like a small little blip right. and that blip if it makes sense to you it i think you should you should keep at it you know and the second i think greatest debt to creativity happens when, you know, I feel like, and this happens to a lot of artists and, you know, people who I've also, like, looked up to when, you know, I was a kid, right. like some musicians and, you know, is that they basically reach, like, a status which they are, like, you know, they. With it's that George Clooney, you know, that mm-hmm. happens to them, where uh, you reach, uh, like, some sort of, uh, like, good level of appreciation where you're happy with, oh, you know, I've done something great and everybody likes this great thing that I've done. Right. And then you get stuck. Right. So then you just only do that, version of that one great thing again and again and again. And that I think is also worse than stopping yeah. because that basically means you're just It's equivalent to stopping. There's no growth. You've just stagnated. It's equivalent to, yeah, you're not growing. And then basically you're making the same song again and again and again. And then like, you know, at least for me, and I think of the younger me when I used to like, for example, love the red hot chili peppers. Right. Or, then they just basically yeah. made the same song again yeah. and again. Yeah. And, again. Yeah. and then I'm just like, oh, you let me down because I really loved you. <laughs> like and like, you know, can't you be like, uh, you know, like a Tommy Hawk who's like, you know, experimenting, doing like, wh- like whatever, man, and nobody, like, it's not like any sort of definition.
0: He's doing whatever the fuck he wants to, and it's so great to see that. I can literally, I have, like, friends' voices in my head being like, oh, but but he's Tom York. He can, now he's in a place, he can do whatever. He got there. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the thing. thing.
1: And he didn't get caught up with anything else, right? He was just Mm. fixated on his music. Like, that Mm. is basically, like, you know, he... It's like there's a lot of noise and chatter, and yeah. who said this? And is this good? And is that n- not? And are you doing the right thing? And this yeah. is the times. This is the hashtag. Are you keeping up? Are you making enough money? Do you need to think about your future. Basically, society is made in such a way that it you have to like you know you have to be able to cope. You have to be able to pay your rent. I mean, again, it depends on obviously uh, how affluent your family is or not. But you know, most creatives are dealing with everyday pressures of rent and and then you have to also be able to put your creativity aside also at times because you need to do it for the money exactly and do sometimes do some really things that make you cringe but then you're just like okay but my rent needs to be paid Yeah.
0: the next one she's got for you is how to make use of an opportunity even when you kind of hate what you're doing And I think this is applicable for a lot of freelancers, a lot of uh, projects that you are not 100% on board with, um, but because you're trying to build portfolio or you're trying to make rent, uh, or you're trying to develop your skills and experience, you have to say yes to a diversity of different projects. And um, you just may not always love them. So here's, here's finding opportunities in those moments.
1: the way i actually try and look at it is that if this is something that i'm doing which is horrible and i hate it or i hate like the product then what can i see in this entire scape which i can make useful to me so for example if i'm making a film for like some horrible brand, brand and don't really get on horrible script it, yeah. and all of that right. then i'll start tripping on the art i'll say that okay fine can i do something really crazy with just our direction the script is really rubbish but like let me try something else I can't do anything about like the basics of it but then I can uh, I can brush up on some skill of mine whether it is like oh let me use this equipment that I've never used before and let me try and see what it can do so that later when I actually have to use that equipment again I'll be better prepped for it so like if we can look at every pulling
0: the opportunities everywhere you yeah
1: experience as a even if it is a tiny learning even if it is just oh in this this experience will, I'll have to deal with horrible people. Let me test my patience and let's see how patient I, I can be. be. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. also
0: helps. Totally.
1: Because if I'm not actually brushing up on my skills as a work person, I'm brushing if up my you know, personality, human people dealing skills, up, yeah, yeah, and that's huge half the work, skills, man. Yeah, gosh, You know, yeah, that's 100%. half the work. People yeah. management. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: Like, no opportunity will be lost. Not,
1: not at all. Yeah. I, I, of course, these are things that go on in my head half the times, And I think I must. Yeah. I don't know if I always do it. I'm, I, obviously, I'm coming across as a lot more sorted than I actually am. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't think I, I think uh, these are the thoughts I have. Like, oh, let's look at it as an opportunity to grow. Then halfway through the project, I'm like, I want to kill myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> that also happens. But, yeah.
0: And the last one from this conversation is about how not to second-guess yourself and find your audience.
1: You second-guess yourself so much and you feel also that how did I get here? And like you, you know, like when you suddenly look around you, you're just like, oh, I'm here. But then, you know, you don't actually, you feel like, oh, did I like scam my way here? Like in some ways and... And because also all the people that you pay possibly look up to or, you know, people who are doing better versions of what you're doing are just so, you know, in your head so skillful and they're right. so good and, you know, they're just like such masters of their craft and, you know, right. you know you're not. Mm. <laughs> and you're just like, uh, I mean, at least they're for me. qualified yeah. in my like, head the Yeah, is exactly. And then you're just like, oh, you know, why are people, you know, liking what I'm doing? They, you know, are they mad? You know, <laughs> or yeah. like, you know, what, like, yeah. Is, have I figured out a good scam you know yeah. like <laughs> yeah. I think that happens all the time and I think it's again I, of course it is a personality type and I think that there are a bunch of us who do second guess ourselves more than others do um, but I think also when you look at <laughs> it's totally fine that we just cats in the background yeah Yeah, Yeah, I think that when you look at the world of, and especially right now with the whole digital revolution taking place, you look at the world of content and it's so vast and some of it is so amazing, but some of it is so bad, you know, and you realize that there is space for everybody. And the stuff that you find horrible, there are millions of people loving it, you know, so then you realize that. everything is so relative and as long as you find the people who can connect with you and it's not even like that you have to go with a you know like a search party and look for them you just have to keep doing what you're doing and then hopefully there will be people who will like want what you're doing and you know again I think it's about just trying to be true to Maybe whatever it is that you're feeling at any given point of time, you know, like, that's it. And I think that's what everybody is doing, you know. And the ones who are basically doing it well are just being true to themselves, you know. And then there are like, especially on YouTube, there are just audiences for everything. There's a person who's brushing her teeth and people are watching it like, wow, look at her brush her teeth, you know. And you're like, okay, so there clearly is room for everything. I guess it also makes it easier when you realise that that it's okay. Like I think with anything and also especially with like the nervousness or the imposter syndrome or the, you know, self crippling doubt. I think just the fact that you know that A, other people are going through it mm-hmm. along with you. Mm-hmm. And the fact that even if you are going through it, it's okay. Yeah. Like I think compassionate. That, you know, Lens that's you you that. have to be compassionate with yourself, <laughs> yeah you know where you're like, okay fine, yeah, this it is well it's yeah. horrible what yeah. you did. It's horrible. you've yeah. done a bad job yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's yeah. all right. <laughs> like, or
0: you did an amazing job, you still feel
1: blah blah. yeah it.
0: like that's also so okay. yeah, that's yeah. also okay. Yeah.
1: you did I mean see at any given to- point of time as long as you are just basically trying to do right by yourself at that given point of time, you know, I think, I think the problem happens when you start basically not like b- doing things that are against who you are. That's when I think it makes it much when the harder. the authenticity Of who fragmented. you are, exactly. Your yeah. authenticity, you know, like, yeah. whatever it is, like, you know, e- even if you like are doing, like I said, we always do st- horrible things for money, you know, like, which we'll do because, you know, we have to do it. Uh, but then, like, even that you try and be like, authentic to who you are you know in whatever way it is because that's the the seat of your yeah. creativity
0: is that yeah right? it's coming
1: from you you exactly so
0: gotta embody that completely which yeah it leaves no there's no room to not embody all of it yeah i agree <laughs> cool Thank you, Misha. Yeah, most You're most welcome. Extremely insightful. I spoke a
1: lot, and I think future Misha clearly is <laughs> winning She's right sorted. now. sorted. She's winning. <laughs> yeah. I, would
0: even, I wouldn't even say insightful, but yeah. enlightened words. Those were yeah. really, really nice to hear. Seventy-year-old Misha's <laughs> doing well right now. A big, big thank you to my guest, Misha Ghosh, for sharing her enlightening words and her wisdom. And thank you to you for listening through to the end. This has been A Sound Approach. My name is Sanaya Adeshar. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out other episodes of A Sound Approach. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if something from this episode served to help you bring your ideas to life or nudge you out of your seat of procrastination, be sure to share the episode with a friend I appreciate you so 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 much for listening and I will be back with another episode of A Sound Approach next week